Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Punters Page Horse Racing Podcast with me, your host, Chris Loder, and our guest racing experts, Marcus and Rupert. And in this week's podcast, we're going to be focusing on Champions Day at Ascot. This Saturday, all the declarations have been made. We know the runners and riders on the card, so we're not going to be guessing here on what's going to be turning up, and we'll be giving our thoughts and feelings on all of the six races on Saturday. So without uh, further ado, just check in with the guys, see how they are. are. You all right, guys? Yeah, all good. All good here. Um, looking forward to good weekend of racing and hopefully some nice winners to go with it. You're all good as well, Rupert? Yeah, ready to, good to go. Uh, good yeah, to go. yeah. Well, we'll get into uh, the, the, the first... Um, the contest on the Saturday and um, it starts with the sprint champion stakes which looks a very competitive race very hard start I thought uh, uh, seedings but um, it all kicks off in the 135 um, over six furlongs and I'll go through the market now and we're going to be referring to odds checker just for general best prices out there at the moment obviously these prices could be different with uh, other firms but they've got uh, most of the prices of the main companies and uh, the current uh, market favorite at the moment is advertise at five to one hello you minzane at 11 to two one master at six to one make a challenge at sevens the tin man at tens kate byron at tens and the rest of bar so uh, we'll go to marcus on this one first is advertise the right favorite or is he vulnerable here i think he's quite short um looking at the run last time at duval it's you know the one I actually like has actually got form linked to advertise is Brando. I think Brando's a big price at 20 to 1. I think potentially it's got a two pound swing in the weights with advertise. It's got the ground to suit. Um, Stable's in good form and it's a promising run. A head not behind Hello Yumzine as well. And again, there's a two pound swing with that one. I think at 20 to 1, that's huge. I, I think advertise is vulnerable. I mean, is ground going to suit this time? Um, and I think Brando looked a bit awkward at, in France in the way, way the horse was ridden. Potentially, it was on the wrong side of the track. Maybe, maybe a good eyeball advertise. Maybe had more of a chance. But I think it, twenty to one. I think Brando's a track. It, it reminds me of sort of the Bills and Brook sort of profile. You know, it's a classy sort at a price um, up against the horse. Potentially, won't go on the ground. I mean, advertise could be a placely if it's odds on. Mm. Well, w w will he like the ground? Uh, I don't think he will. Um, I, I, I think uh, he wants a, a good surface. I don't think he minds a little bit of cut, but I think he would want it on the quicker side rather than on yeah, the stretch side. It'd be a bog. It's an absolute bog. In the way that Brando yeah. travels, I mean, it could set up perfectly for him. It could just fall, fall on his lap, a long out, half a long out, and just quicken away. Um so that's that's the one for me at the prices, and 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 it's got a swing in the weights as well with Hello Yumzine and Advertise. So I mean, every chance for me at the price. Well, what do you think, Rupert? Is Advertise vulnerable here, or are you keen to uh, stick with him? Uh, yeah, I think he is vulnerable here. Um, I, I'm with Marcus. Is that I think you should pick a classy sort of big price. Um, I'm not going to go with Brando. I'm probably going to go with the Tin Man to be honest. Um. I think if you look at the last race, he should have beaten Hello Yumzane. Uh, was a bit awkward out of the stalls and was staying on well under very sort of soft conditions. And uh, won at Haydock uh, last year under extremely heavy conditions. Also has run won this race two years ago. Looks like he's just getting into race fitness uh, last last time. And uh, I think he's got a very good chance at nine to one. I would put a mention there are some crazy prices for quite classy horses. Um, one that's really interesting at a big price is Mab's Cross being moved up to six furlong for the first time, looking like the step up and trip was needed. Ran quite well considering the race was a bit all over the place in France, staying on stoutly under very soft conditions. Beyond that, at quite a big price. And uh, I think Keystroke's been running well. Whether he's got the quality to get involved here, um, he's at a very big price as well, but like will like the ground as well. I would be on Tim Man as my one pick, though. Um, I've actually got the TriCast here, gents. Okay. Um, 
I found it really hard. I probably would have a bet on all three of these, and I'm glad because you haven't mentioned a single one. Or we have mentioned Hello Human Zane. I can't see him being out of the frame. I think he's a really solid contender. Kevin Bra- uh, Kevin Ryan does really well with with his sprinters, and did, I backed this horse last time when he won at Haydock. He was actually my nap for the punters page on the day, um, and he'd been completely laid out for the race. And the key to him, I think, is a little bit of cutting the ground. He's been consistent all season. He's had a fairly light campaign as well. And if you go back to his run, actually, um, in the Commonwealth Cup here behind um, Advertise, yeah. yeah, he actually blew the start that day. And, yeah. and if he'd got probably more alert from the start, he would have won that quite easily, I think. Um, I think he's definitely a player. The one that I, I'm surprised that you none of you mentioned, but again, maybe the the good price has gone. I thought one master had a good chance here um, for William Haggis. The stable form is a negative for me because he's been awful the last two months, Haggis, not been firing at all. Um, but this horse absolutely loves a bit of dig in the ground. Won um, the Prix de Fore for the second time in a row. Uh, Haggis always says that she quite can't quite get a mile, but because this is going to be such a slog, and if they do go hard, hard out fire, uh, fast from the start, um, she, he, she could be there to pick up the the pieces. And um, the other one that I thought could maybe make the frame at a massive price was Don Juan Triumphant, finished third in this race last year. Probably wasn't quite up to it against Kate Byron last time, but I think. The key to this race is staying seven furlongs because I, I genuinely think your your stamina will kick into gear at the end of this race. And some of these horses that are five furlong specialists might get six on occasion. I just think they'll burn up, and it'll be the horses that have got that extra kind of st- sprint stamina. From that's a kind of phrase. They're they're the ones to maybe be on side with. But but they were my three that I just couldn't not not be be back in. I just thought all of them had solid claims for either a place or win. I don't know if you, you agree with me or or what do you, do any of you think that they're okay? Yeah, I think I think I think we've got a decent spread of outsiders as well. I mean you can even chuck in Forever and Dreams as well. Interesting yeah. in booking Jamie Spence. Uh, um I mean if run a decent race Ascot behind advertise me forgive the last two. Uh, um, certainly beaten eight lengths behind the whole Yumzain, but I think the trip was too was the trip too far last time. I mean, one master. I mean that that thing at a price and say the pace can collapse. Spencer's on it. He's the man to pick up the, the pieces, isn't he? Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a boil over here. Mm. At the price. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Yeah. You, know, you you could make claims for the majority of the horses in this race to be honest and another one to throw in could be Labrisa Breeze who seems to do well on the soft at yeah. Ascot and yeah. had an encouraging run last time you could make a case for so many of these horses yeah it's a really competitive looking race isn't it yeah I think yeah so if we had to go we, we're going to go for one selection in each race we have to put our balls on the line I want one selection from each of you because that's what the punters want. We'll come to you, Marcos. Who's your number one? You can only have one. Brando. Brando. Rupert? Uh, Tin Man. Uh, I'm going to go for one master. So, so we've really gone through a lot of different horses there and we might not even find the winner. That's our uh, competitive... Is for the start. The next race, is it going to be a walkover? We'll find out and see what the guys think. Um, it's the long distance sprint cup, and Stradivarius is going to be the warm favourite here. Four to seven, uh, best price out there at the moment. Five to one with Q Gardens, Royal Line at eights, with Hold at twelves, uh, Mekong at twenty fives, and the rest of bar. So Stradivarius, does he win? I'll come to you, Rupert, first. Is um, Stradivarius a good thing here? Yeah, I think he will win. Um, he's too short to be back in though. Um, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be better in this race, but I do think uh, Royal Lion and Kew Gardens are interesting challengers. Kew Gardens being 
you know, stepped up to this sort of trip for the first time, could run well, was running on well in the Irish Ledger last time. And Royal Line did look really good in his last race at Kempton um, against some pretty solid horses like Best Solution. Um, and I think the form of that's pretty good. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's vulnerable, but there's some interesting challenges there. Um, but I wouldn't be on Stradivarius. I wouldn't be betting, but I would predict Stradivarius to win this. You're on the same page, um, Marcus? I just I think it's quite interesting that um, O'Brien's putting a couple of pacemakers in this race, whereas before, if you look at the, race, the, the run at York and the, the Lonsdale Cup stakes, I mean, he's just put El Paradiso. He's not even really bothered to even attempt to, to challenge Stradivarius. I mean, it was a match bet within DXB, wasn't it? Um, I think I think the, the corner of the ground and the sort of unknown quantity about Kew Gardens and Step Up and Trip I mean, this this could be the time where Stradivarius could be vulnerable. I mean, they've got O'Brien's got three declared. Um, if they get the fractions right, you never know. Do you do you think Hugh Gardens will, will stay the trip? No. And I think he won't like the ground either. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's just a question. And uh... right. Okay. So you, you think it's a walk in the park for Stradivarius? See, the thing is, if you look at that run behind Mirando, I mean, yeah, Chester, I mean, it's it's not, I mean, it's not up was, to class wise, um, but I just think Stradivarius could be vulnerable. I mean, I, I'll, I'll take a chance, I'll bet Q Gardens each way. Um, I'd rather be in Q Gardens than Royal Line, and it's, it's quite interesting as well. The Q Gardens actually, it's actually had a lot of racing as well. Um, yeah, I'll go for. Two gardens each way. I might look like a Wally here, but I think this is the day that Stradivarius finally gets beaten. And I think it could be done by Royal Line. I think he is. I think he's a group animal, group one animal. Go back through a lot of his form and it all stacks up. Um, that the pacemakers get the fractions right and a few gardens, I'll take that. Yeah, I, I, I think Royal Line is a great bet here. Um, the win last time out, this was a prep prep run for a big target. Gosden has been wanting to get a big run into this one for a long time and he just hasn't had his ground. This horse, when he comes on soft, heavy ground, he is an absolute machine. He won uh, the handicap um, at uh, Doncaster on um, the last day of the flat season last year, or one of the last days, really, really comfortably. Um, he had, before that, he hadn't been seen since the beginning of last year um, when he won at Epsom really convincingly. He's got really strong form. He's won on heavy ground at um, Haydock before. He's by Dubarwe. Um, they love cutting the ground. Um and the way that he won that September stakes last time out suggests that I think he'll really step up um, well in trip. I, I, I'm really confident on his chances. And I think um, with Hold could be not a bad bet as well. A lot of people might say, oh, is the ground against him? That is maybe a question mark you've got a, or a risk you might want to take with him. But I think he's a big price here. You know he's going to stay. Um, he loves... He, he can. He loves going out um, over further. He's won um, the Cesarevich before, uh, which was actually quite a good renewal the year he won it. Um, and last time he bounced back to form with a six-length win, six-length win at um, Newmarket. Uh, if you actually look at some of his form, it's actually not that bad on soft ground. He once finished um, second as a three-year-old when he was trained by Charles Hills on soft ground. He ran on, um, it was actually a bit more testing than the going scenes when he won um, the uh, Marsh Cup handicap um, at Newbury uh, earlier this season. I just think that at a price, he's a good place bet. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think Rural Lion and Withhold, they may not be classy enough to beat Stradivarius, but I think Stradivarius could have an off day because I just think he's had a hard campaign. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I Chris, completely. I, I think that the ground is 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 more of an issue that's sort of been highlighted, and I think yeah. I think 
you'll know within the first two, three furlongs what sort of pace they're going, right? Because if this turns into a sprint in that sort of ground, right, you never know if Royal Line or Q Gardens get first run and just out safe strategy because it gets out pace, you don't know. I mean, th- this this is this is the most vulnerable the horse has looked all season, in my opinion. I'd say the, the, the ground and the pace making factor as well. In his, yeah. I think this is you could he, be, he wins nice. he he wins this. This is the biggest biggest one. I, I, I'm wondering if Gosden might regret. But mind you, I think maybe there could be a possibility we might not even see him if there's a bit more rain. Uh, do, do you think that Gosden might not run him if um, it gets even more testing? Perhaps. Perhaps. Because um, I, I just think maybe he's always said said that this horse he wants a quicker surface than, than cut. He has obviously proved it before. Um, was it a couple of years ago? He ran on quite testing ground. Uh, he won the, actually the Gold Cup, didn't he, on, on soft ground. Earlier yeah, this year. Yeah. yeah, I think wasn't it in this race last year he found it quite difficult. Um or it wasn't he made it probably look a bit more difficult than it was when he beat yeah, Thomas. It was good to firm good to firm against Vazarabad and Torres Torresido. I was on the Harrington horse that day. Um, no, I'm saying this year it was on soft ground. The year before. Yeah, against the DXP, yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I think DXP ran a good race that, that day. Um, but I think the trip as well, like, you know, if he's going to get beat, I think I think it could be similar to Enable. I think Saturday could be the day if you want to get get Shadowvarius beat. Yeah, I just I just think um, I just think that he's vulnerable, and I'd be willing to take on Royal Lion and withhold with him at least at good fair each way prices. So if we have to go for one, one, one horse to win, I'm going to go around everyone. I'm gonna. I'll start first. I'm gonna say Royal Line. Marcus, who do you think? I'll go Q Gardens each way. And Rupert, what's your I'll, selection? I'll stick with him. I'll go Stradivarius. Okay. Yeah. Take the easy option. We'll get the winner yeah. there. If we don't, we're in trouble. Yeah. If 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 we don't get the winner there, it'll probably be like Cleante or something that comes yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely shambles. Yeah, I know it would be. Anyway, moving on to the next race. This looks a really interesting race. Uh, it's the QE. No, it's not the QE2 stakes. Sorry, it is the Phillies and Mare stakes, which looks quite a competitive affair. And there's a horse in here that I've been dying to see for absolutely ages. And I'll explain my love affair in a minute with her. Um, I'll go through the market quickly. Star catches the favourite, um, thirteen to eight favourite. Annapurna Oaks winner at nine to two. Tanawa, um, it's actually attracted a bit of money at seven or one, fleeting at sevens. Antonio de Vega at uh, tens, and Delphi- Delphinia at sixteens, and the rest of bar. So, I'll come to uh, Rupert on this one first. Is uh, Frankie on the right Gosden horse here with Starcatcher, or should he be on Annapurna? Um, I know which horse you've been waiting for because I've been waiting for the same one. All right. Uh, so you can say it if you want. Because you've that, been dying to. All right. Well, that that horse <laughs> is Antonia de Vega. She has been the horse that I've been like. Where are you? Like, <laughs> I would have like if I had a phone number to Rafe Beckett, like one darling, I'd be like on him like every. I've been pestering him every day for for months. Like just the way she won at Newbury earlier in the season on testing yeah. ground and the form actually did stack up a little bit from that run as well it wasn't yeah. a bad performance this has been forget Manuela de Vega this has been their their number one best horse in the yard for future prospects a solid campaign as a two-year-old it was always appreciated digging the ground Rafe Beckett couldn't be in better form he had a four-timer uh, last Saturday um, his horses have been running so well. Um, Antonio de Vega at ten to one. Come on, gotta love it. You, you sound like you're in agreement with me, Rupert. Um, I couldn't agree more. Actually, I couldn't believe the price when I saw it. Um, I'm com- yes. completely with you there. Um, the way that she won at Newbury was it, it, was, it seemed like she was all over the place to start with, and I was going, oh, 
she's she she's lost it, hasn't she? She's gone all she looked like she was pulling, it was bad, but then went on to win by four lengths to some very decent types. Um and obviously did love the ground. And you're going, well, if that was a you know, if that was a fresh run where nothing went right, then Lord, I mean, <laughs> she's she's definitely an animal. At ten to one, I'd be a hundred percent on. Completely agree oh, with you there, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you. Can you see our argument for Antonio de Vega, Marcus? Yeah, I think I think there should be potential improvement there. The ground to suit that very light campaign um, could could have been aimed at this, and obviously the stars could have aligned with the heavy grounds. I think, I think the horse actually like that. Um, but I quite like the other Gosden runner, like Annapurno. Um, as you say, classy one at Epsom. I don't think the ground. I think that run at Longchamp behind Delfina, I think that form's solid. Um, just nine to two, I think it's an each way bet to nothing. Again, it's a classy sort, an Oaks winner. And you get nine to two here on ground to suit. And I think, I think to be honest with you, right, the the two that was mentioned, they're probably the unexposed ones for me. Um, mm-hmm. Starcatcher could potentially have more improvement. I think shown her card, um, and at the prices. Another thing as well, do you think do you think Starcatcher is a better horse on? Better, a faster surface, or this sort. I mean, it's going to be a bog. It's going to be heavy ground. I mean, what what what's going to get suited the most? Would you rather be an Annapurna at fours or Starcatcher at thirteen eight on the ground? You that that's a really good case. I I would probably actually go for Annapurna. She won that uh, Lingfield trial, didn't she, on very testing conditions? She was that, didn't she? she yeah. And then last time out was the I think it was slightly further than the trip. She's actually running on Saturday. Yeah, she and she won and that was a long jump in the heavy as well. So. Yeah, so be Yeah. So Yeah, I think, she, I think she's a crack in each way, but I think she's gonna stay. I think she's she's gonna be there near the end. But the thing is Antonio de Vega, like she's gonna be running on as well. So it, the two it of them could... look pretty much held on for the place. Talking about how the race might be won, uh, run, sorry, um, a horse like Antonio de Vega could really do quite well here because Anna Perna um, likes to make the run in, Starcatcher likes to be up there as well. Um, I think this could be set up for a horse like Antonio de Vega. I think the day she won at Newbury, she was actually held up um, out the back. And um, and you might just think that she might be able to get a nice toe into the race. She's also as well drawn out wide, which actually isn't a negative. It's one of those misconceptions, I think, if you go through all the statistics, that um, when it comes to um, to all these like Ascot handicaps and that over this trip, they always say that actually to be on the outside actually isn't that bad. And sometimes being on the really close on the inside can be a bit of a negative hit. Yeah, because you can get boxed in early. Uh, it's it, it, it. The draw stats on this trip are they don't actually favour the inside as much. So with Antonio de Vega drawn in stool ten, there's a few front runners in here, which there should be. With yeah, I think pacemakers are interesting as well, Chris. I think I, I wouldn't want to be too too up with the pace here because I think they're going to go a ridiculous pace, and I think it could it could sort of scuff upper star catcher. I think Antonio De Vega will be out back staying on and a parent will be maybe ridden a bit more conservative. I mean, a star catcher isn't going to get an easy lead. It's going to be running at a ridiculous pace. And I know I know an apparent stays, so for me that's the one I like. Yeah. So balls on the line again. I'll come around to everybody. Rupert will start with you. Antonio De Vega number one. Antonio De Vega. Antonio De Vega for me and for you, Annapurna, Marcus, yeah. Annapurna, yeah, that's for me. Okay, so we've gone through that. We're halfway through now. So hopefully we've given you at least the winner in every race so far. Um, moving on to the QE2 stakes. Um, this looks like a cracking renewal. Uh, the Revenant, 
is uh, the favourite at five to two here. Been really uh, fancied all week. Magna Grisha, haven't seen him for a little while at six to one. Ben Battle at sevens. Lord Glitters at sevens. King of Change at uh, tens. King of Comedy at twelves, and the rest of bar. So. I'll go to Marcus on this one. Um, what horse caught your eye in this race? I mean, I'm, I quite like The Revenant. I mean, it was a terrible movie, but great horse. Um, yeah, yeah. I think this, this could start ground no issue. Um, man at the moment in the French, I think I get the pronunciation, is it PC Boudet, is that correct? Yeah, Pierre yeah, Charles Boudet. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's, he's really classy, especially on the big day. Um, and I don't think this is the strongest of renewals. And I think the ground as well is going to play a big factor and it will play into the Revenant's hands. It's one in soft in France. I mean, it's a bit, a bit of a step up, but I think there's scope there. And again, I don't think this is the, the best renewal I've ever seen. Um, ben Battle's probably the, the main danger for me. Again, would ground be an issue for that one? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just looking for all his form now, actually. Yeah. And yeah, heavy so ground. It's not. It's not there's there's a, not many unexposed ones. It's in a, you know quite like I quite like King of Chance as well. I think King of Change. I think at the prices that that one could maybe outrun its chance. And the stable's been doing okay of late. Yeah. By um, far as well. Round. Yeah. Who doesn't mind better? That would be the two that take against the field. Lightly raced as well, consistent sort. But I, li- I like the French Raider. That'd be the one for me. It's, it's, it's nothing original, but it's, that's the one I like. And maybe the Hannon horse to fill the places. Do you think we could uh, see a French winner here, uh, Rupert? Uh, I think we certainly could. Um, ground, no issue. Form, no issue. Um, jockey on board, definitely no issue. Um, I would just question... I, I, this, this race is really difficult. I find it really hard. Um, I, th- I question King of Change because although he won his last race, he, I still don't believe his form's that good. I know he came second in the Guineas, but the Guineas form's fallen apart a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I, there is a horse. I, I, I looked through every single horse in this race and I went, I can't find one. And then I came to the last horse at 66 to 1, Imaging. Now, if you look at his run two times ago, he came half a length second to the Revenant. And Imaging was favourite that day and he bumped the start. Um, the, okay, he came second last time to Yulong Gold Ferry, which isn't great form, but he he was off for quite a few, quite a bit of time there, um, and still only lost by what three quarters of a length. Um, at sixty six to one, that's um, if if the Revenant is five to two and he got beaten because he bumped the star, and Imaging sixty six to one, I went well, may, maybe that was a good price. And that's who I'm probably going to recommend, believe it or not. But wow, <laughs> well, um, you can take over me. I like, I like, and um, we'll clip that one up and put it in the some. We'll start creating a hall of fame, Billiston Brook. Then uh, <laughs> that 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 take the crown and glory. That that would. Um, I'm surprised none of you have identified um horse in here that I. I think um, it's a great each way bet, and that's a century dream for um, Simon Crisford. When when the rain comes, uh, this horse absolutely relishes the conditions. He finished third in this race last year behind um, Roaring Lion and I Can Fly on soft ground. He can run over 10 furlongs, so he can get a bit extra. Um, he's won uh, at Ascot before in his career. Um He's a really solid, consistent horse when the conditions are tough. And at, at a price, at 20, 25 to 1 in places, I think that's a great a great each-way bet here. And I think a lot of the firms as well will be doing an extra place on this one because there's near, it's not quite 16 runners, but um, I think there's 15 declared at the moment. So most of the bookmakers will be offering an extra place here because they will do on these kind of days to attract punters in and at 20 to one probably with the four places out there um yeah i think he's cracking bait you also as well actually looking at his breeding he's actually going to be running against his half brother uh king of change so a bit of a family rivalry 
uh, there to see uh, who comes out on top. But yeah, I, I thought um, at the prices, he, he was the one to be with um, there for definitely to run a solid race. But I think the French horse, he could be the one that maybe is in a different stratosphere when it comes to uh, the go in, in this uh, race. I think he that's what really could bring him out uh, to his best. So uh, that, that was my thoughts on the race. So if we have to go um, one on uh, each uh, uh, one. We're good, we're back. Yeah. So, um, so if we have to go for a selection for um, the QE2 from all of us, uh, I'll start with Rupert. Uh, who, who are you going to be back in here? I uh, can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm back in um, imaging at 66 to 1. Um, and Marcus, who's your number one pick? Yeah, nothing original. The Revenant for the win. Um, pretty confident. Yeah, and I'm going to go for Century Dream. So, again, variety. We're not really agreeing here. So, uh, if you like uh, diverse tipsters, you've come to the right place. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the champion stakes, um, this looks a great looking contest. There could be, even though it's not the biggest field, um, there's some definite quality in it. And um, I'll go through the list of the betting now. Magical is the favourite, 7-4. Adea, been a big mover in the market, 3-1. to one. Um, Coronet at 4s, Deirdre at 10s, Medaya at 16s, and the rest of bar. So I'll come to Marcus on this one. Can uh, Magical uh, do it again and continue a good season? I quite like I quite like Coronet at the prices. Again, I, I keep going back to ground. I think it's going to be a huge factor on Saturday. I mean, it was a nice nice run the last two in Group Two. I mean, it is a step up in class. Um, trip won't be an issue. I don't think this is the is this the strongest renewal we've ever seen, barring Magical. I mean, Magical. Looking at the form just now, what do you think of that run in the arc? Do you not think it was a bit, had every chance, just think it was the trip? Just didn't stay? Or I think she's a 10 furlong specialist. I think, yeah. I think a mile and a quarter is her optimum. She can get a mile and a half, no problem, against maybe lesser rivals. But in the top top, top level, um, oh yeah, I think she falls a bit short. Do you agree um, there, Rupert? Think Magical? Doesn't quite get a mile and a half. Probably better at mile and a quarter. <sighs> yeah, yeah, probably. I would probably say that. I'd say it's a tricky, tricky race. Um, the front three in the market is the place to be. Magical will handle the ground and stay the trip. Adabe will handle the ground. Izzy of the Izzy of Group One class. It's not the strongest renewal, but does he quite have the class? That would be my question over him and Coronet. You know, will will stay the trip, and does like the ground, and does have the class. So I'm I'm really struggling. Um, I suppose there's not too much in it, and I would probably go for Coronet for that reason. Um, I was thinking of a day beforehand, but just that question about the class. Um, I, I would be on Coronet actually. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Out of the front three, I think she was the one I would play with. Um, now I'm giving Deirdre a mention. Um, do, do you think the ground be against her? If you actually look back at some of her form, I know this is a complete different to what she's gone against before, but um, I don't know. I think she would have could have beaten Magical that day in Ireland. Um, if you actually go back and watch the race, uh, Oshin will hold his hands up and admit that he didn't give her the best ride. I agree. Uh, I agree completely. He came on the outside. I think it was given far too much to do. Yeah, she she's actually won with a little bit of cut in Japan, or it's yielding. She actually has won on yielding before in Japan, and um, I think you can forgive her running soft ground here uh, earlier in the year. She probably just needed that run. There was no fluke at Goodwood when she won. That was a very good good run at Goodwood, and she deserved to probably win that. Um, and she actually had the beating of a couple of these that day. And the likes of Medaya, um, who probably would need to step up anyway. But yeah, I, I think maybe Deirdre, her optimum trip, she might she might be able to hand, handle it. Again, it's a bit of a risk. Um, but yeah, I think at the prices, maybe she could maybe sneak into the the places. Um, uh, anyone else want to chip in with any other horses in this race? Maybe at 
an outside price? I did look at that one, Chris. Like it was the it was the ground that put me off. Um, could sneak into a place here. I mean, it's magical. The step back and trip could be dangerous, but I mean, again, I, I like Cornet. I think, as you say, I think, as you say, outside the top four, there's nothing really else in the race, is it? You'd be, you'd be very surprised if, if, if you get a boil over here, in my opinion, because the ones at the top of the market, the, the ground isn't an issue. And that's what usually uh, chucks up a, a bit of a boil over, but quite. Yeah. I don't fancy Regal Reality. Trying to be. Yeah. Um... it for me. I mean, it's had a nice layoff. I think I think it looks a bit of form, ground, trip, Frankie on, ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah, I think uh, this is the one we might all agree on. So if I come to a selection from everyone, we'll start with Rupert first. Are we in agreement? Coronet is our number one balls on the line pick. Would you say um, Coronet is your number one pick, Rupert? Yeah, Coronet, I think it's the way to definitely play in this race. So we're all in agreement. Coronet is definitely got the one we've all got to, got to be on. So we're going to be finishing with probably like the first race, the most competitive race of the day, a handicap. Some of us love a handicap. Some of us don't. I love a handicap. Um, and this is a bit of a minefield in here. And I think there could be a bit of value in maybe one or two of these. Um, I'll just go through the list of the key contenders now. Lord North, who won the Cambridgeshire, is the 72 favourite. Amadeo Mogadigliani, that's my best Italian pronunciation, is at sevens. Kick on at eights. Kinran finally got his win at eights last time out. Conculus at 12. Biometric at 12s. And the rest of Bar. So I'll come to Marcus on this one. Is Lord North going to confirm his Cambridgeshire promise and be the winner, or do you think he's vulnerable to some outsiders here? I, I quite like one at a price. Um, this could be another one for the Hall of Fame, potentially. Okay. I like uh, I like Dark Vision. I think it's an interesting one. Um, coming down the weights, I mean, it was running off, I think it was running off about 110, so it came down £10 in the weights. Ground to suit. I think that run at York over a mile two. I don't think that was that bad a run behind. Is it Richard Byhill's Color Forest? Stables coming back to better form as well. They've had a few winners this week, and I think William Buick Boots. I think I think twenty five to one, four or five places. That that looks that looks good to me. I mean, would you be surprised if a Mark Johnson horse bounces back to form? No, they can always come back, can't they? Um... Always trying, as you say. Yeah, they can go stone last win, stone last win. Exactly, yeah. very, very difficult to read, but I'm taking a chance. He's coming down in the in the weights. I don't think the ground's going to be an issue. Mm. There's another interesting one as well. One you, you wouldn't surprise me if you're on this one. Is it biometric, stable flying? Yeah. yeah. The ground should be okay. Shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Um, the horse saved the bookmakers. Yeah, that what was. To, to be honest with you, as I say. I had a guy sitting next to me who had laid, laid Frankie in the last race, and he was nervous. And that that one did save, save the bookmakers that day. Do you, do you think he had it here first? Frankie's on five timer. He's on Lord North here, going for six, like he did twenty odd years ago. Biometric on the outside, wins again. There's going to be there's going to be a statue of him at uh, Ascot. I, I'm not sure about the ground for the top one. Paid for by all the that sort of way. It's it's not it's not a walk in the park, you know. I mean, mm. I know he got a red car on his debut, but I mean, this this is a bit of an ask in this sort of ground. He's bloody far away, so he won't mind it. He's, he's very short, though, isn't he? But yeah. three to one, eleven to four for this size of field. I mean, there's a couple that could be laid out. Mm. Not not for me at the prizes. No, I agree. Um, Rupert, where was your uh, uh, pin heading here? Did you have a couple that you fancied? Um, I thought um, I thought you have to be drawn low here. That was my one thing. Uh, if you look at all the last winners, they've been drawn 1 to 10. And 
I don't know whether that's a stat to be following, but in these big handicaps, I do find it useful to look at the stats. Um, and the, the horse that was at a good price was Kick On, but he's been gambled now. Um, he beat Accidental Agent last time, um, and he's still rated below Naughty Lord North, so he has done it in good company. Um, and the ground shouldn't be too much of an issue. Um, that would probably be my play in the race. Um, I do think if you are to go with a um, another Rafe Beckett horse, um, Mitchum Swagger loves the ground um, and didn't run awfully last time at Redcar. Um, will have been slipping down the weights, um, but you know again stable flying, um, so he could be on. Um, but I'd probably be on Kick On as my play here. But um, I'm not mad about the race to be honest. It's, it's uh, not Brooke, my one. Did you back kick on last time out by any chance? No, I backed accidental agent. Do you know? Do you know? I was. Do you know? I was on accidental agent as well. And I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure about that photo, photograph on that race. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was pretty sure accidental agent won that. Yeah, I, I was amazed that it went the other way. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was one one or three on Betfair in the photo. Mm-hmm. Absolute madness, and that, that yeah. was Angel usually refuses to race. And I thought I'm actually getting a run for money here, and I've been done in the photos. Incredible scenes. Wasn't there five of them within like a length? Yeah, I actually had a sa- I had a saver on the Godolphin. I think it was the Godolphin or the Beckett one as well. It was all of them. That, that was <laughs> one of these days, you know. It was, it was bad, but, uh, yeah. but it, I mean, great Scott was back in the field um, that day, and he went out to absolutely dominate it. Haydock. I mean, okay, Kingscott was on board doing his Haydock specialist, but um, you know that that's something to take away. I do think Kickon's in with a good shout. I think I've, uh, yeah, I, I I think he's got a chance. I think I found a couple here. One's original, one's not original. Uh, the the original one, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I think Kinran is a great bet, eight to one, <laughs> for each way. You know he's gonna like be in the first five or six. He does well at Ascot. A lot of his best form is when there's cut in the ground as well, so that's no problem. He's drawn high as well, which which I you'll see like the likes of people that have been working at the racing post. I won't mention names, but the likes of people that ride in the racing post and more shall we say more of the guys that have been in the game for about twenty or thirty years and they'll go, Oh, there's no draw bias at Ascot. This it, it, it works both sides of the track. But for me, like, every time I watch Ascot and these big field handicaps, you want to be drawn high. You want to be drawn towards the stand side. I don't know what you guys think on that one. Um, I, I don't. If to me, as soon as I see a horse drawn low at Ascot, I'm I'm worried normally. Um, stand straight track. I I I always look for horses against the middle is like about as far as I'll go to back a horse in this uh, Ascot. Middle high um is the place I'm always looking at, but um, but yeah, that's the kind of angle that I'm always in. Kimron, he's got that draw, stall 19, no problem there. He'll he's in the right place and the right track. He'll like it. But but the one that's maybe a bit more of a not left quite a left field punt, but the one a bit more of a price. I thought Flaming Spear could go well here for Dean Ivory and uh, Joey Haynes in the colours of Tony Bloom who. Uh, Owns Brighton and Hove Albion, doesn't he? And he loves a punt. He uh, landed um, the Cesarovic last week, didn't he? Um, with Stratham. And I should say, I put up Party Playboy at 50 to 1 <laughs> and nearly won it. Uh, that would have been another, that would have been the Hall of Fame number one. And I made a conv- compelling case for him, actually. Um, but they didn't go with Hayley Turner in the end. But yeah, Tony Bloom, he loves a gamble in these kind of races. Withhold is another good horse of his. Flaming Spear, uh, quite likely campaign this year. Two runs, um, not probably been able to cut it at the top, but you could see that Tony Bloom's been sitting there thinking, you know what, I wanna, I wanna been a bit win a nice pot on a big day, um, not off a bad mark of 107. Uh, won on uh, soft conditions last year at uh, Goodwood. He's won with a bit of cut in the ground before. He's ran okay at the track, probably not as his best career as Scott, but I just think when you see those colours in the handicap, you just got to respect their claims. And also as well, he's drawn 
Um, not in bad position as well, still 16. Um, so he's drawn on the right side of the track. And I just think uh, he um, could go quite well at a price. And the other one also as well, I will give mention to is um, Escobar, who's one of those cliff uh, horses for David O'Meara, isn't it? With Gulliver in those dartboard colours. Can't believe Gulliver won, didn't he, the other week? And yeah. Didn't, didn't have any money. He's not really been a cliff horse for me, but because um, I don't, I, I normally see it coming, but it's gutting when you think you've got one and he's never going to win like Kinran, and then they do win, don't they? The it's thing I'd say about Gulliver is is that um, Adam Kirby's been booked for the ride and Todd Hope has been booked for Warif. That just seems weird to me. I don't know. I, don't, I thought Todd Hope would be on board Gulliver. That's that's what's put me off in the bit. I don't know why. Mm, that is interesting. And he actually beat Kinran two starts ago were reef. But uh I'm not I sure the ground... Escobar last time out, so maybe it's something to do with that, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe. It, it could be. Some some sometimes what Tadho right, um right, I just think the market now, because obviously he's had a good year, think Number one. Well, I don't always think it works like that in New Amira Stable, even though he is his main jockey. I, I don't. I generally sit there and looking in these kind of races, and Amira will have three, four, possibly five in a race. And what I would consider their number one, Tad Hope, isn't always on the number one, and it's not always the. It doesn't always show that Tad Hope was on the best horse, and it's normally one of his second third string you might say if we're looking at it from that angle but um but yeah it, it, it is interesting that he's not not on the um escobar colors i think but you could but this this race i should also mention actually does throw up some good horses that's another good thing did you remember lord glitters in this race a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. was a massive gamble wasn't he and he literally came from, didn't he come from like last and like the last, it was a bit like Biddleston Brook um, in that race at Goodwood, coming from like last inside the fur, in the last furlong to like get up in the nick of time. And then uh, was it Sharjah Bridge that won this last year as well? Yeah. yeah. That's not a bad horse. So I think, again, we might want to be looking at horses that maybe a bit of the older types, maybe, but they haven't yet come on to like their top of their their career it could be a bit of a stepping stone for maybe like a four or five year old that's had issues along the way showing a bit of quality but that 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 kind of profile i thought this year didn't really work into work into this race so i think it's a really interesting heat so we'll go around one final time uh for our bet in this race and i'll come to you rupert first we've got to pick one horse to win the race who's it going to be I'll probably go kick on. I do think if you look at the trends, the winner's always been drawn one to ten, so I'm going to stick with that and go kick on because I think he's been okay. And um, Marcus, number one pick? Dark vision each way. Dark vision each way. I'm, I'm going to play safe and go Kinran each way because that is, that is the most profitable bet you've ever had in your life. So... Um, you you cannot lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that that's our thoughts and feelings. I'll just go quickly if you have if you haven't. Has anyone got any other bets or anything else they just want to get off their chest uh, uh, from tipping perspective for the next couple of days or anything? Some decent jobs. Actually don't. Actually don't. <laughs> no? Wow. I, I will just <laughs> give a quick shout out. It is Welsh champion hurdle at Foslas. And it's actually not a bad race. The new one used to turn up there, didn't he? Every yeah. every um, couple of years. Uh, the decks aren't made to for tomorrow, but I I thought um, maybe uh, Klein could go quite well for Evan Williams in this. Um, he always targets um, Fosslas in these kind of races, and um, I, I just thought that he had a particularly good chance in this race. He finished second in it. Uh, behind the new one a couple of years ago, and I just thought he could be an interesting one. But um, yeah, it's, that not, one. it's not very competitive, is it? And the stable's in a bit of form, Klein, and this this is going to be the Cheltenham, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it just boils down to who's the fittest. Looking at the field just now, 
I mean, it's not it's not a competitive race, is it? I mean, you'd, would you be climbing at the top of the market? I think he'd be up up there. I think he's the class angle, isn't he? Yeah. Um, maybe Murray Ed is the other one, maybe. Um, previous county hurdle winner, wasn't he? Um, but he's probably more of a in that cross between the great deep, really top handicapper. Can't quite cut it at the grade level, but yeah, I think the likes of um, Evan Williams uh, is always going to target a horse in this race. Did, did am I correct in thinking? I'm, I'm probably completely wrong. Was it Silver Streak um, last year that won this race, or or he always targets? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a ten stone four Silver Streak. Yeah, um, beat Leprezian as well, who's entered in this race. So. Um, some of these trainers and Mohead was fourth in it, so um, so so there are some uh, types here realigning, but I, I thought Klein could be quite an interesting one for Evan Williams. He's a he's just a, a trainer that will always target runners at Foss Lass, and Klein has always been a good horse. Yeah. Um, but he's just thought one I thought maybe elsewhere away from the glamour stuff at Ascot that could be worth mention, but. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Just going on a bit clean again, like very versatile sort. I mean, it's been running over longer trips, heavy yeah. ground, an issue. So this horse will stay. Um, I guess was it off 148. I mean, there's not a lot of, mm. lot of room for longevity there, but it's sort of for exposure. But looking at the bottom of the handicap, I mean, there's nothing really there, is there? I mean, you've got Errol of the Cotswolds from no. 140. That could potentially have a chance, but for me, I, I think the ground could be an issue for that one. Heavy ground. I mean, it's been running, and this is a big step up, especially if some of these classy types are fit. Yeah. Also, as well, Klein has got a good record. Fresh. Um, just looking at his last two starts on his first run back. Um, second last year behind, you know what I mean, Harry, over three miles at Newbury in the Great Two Hurdle there. And also, as well, like I said, he finished second in this race in 2017. So. Right, we're going to bet. We're getting on. Collapse it. Yeah, Klein. If he three to one, absolute bet bet of the weekend. So, <laughs> so yeah. So that that's it, that's it covered. Thanks for your your help this week, guys. Uh, hopefully, we can have some winners and put some more clips in the Hall of Fame and things. So we'll be uh, we'll be creating that definitely. If especially if uh, sixty six to one imaging comes in, absolutely. Uh, that would be uh, that would be the comment of the century, I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah it's been great uh, talking to you guys getting your thoughts and feelings so yeah if you haven't done so already uh, please hit the subscribe button here on the Pants Page YouTube channel you can also check us out on the iTunes uh, pod for podcast and also as well SoundCloud also as well you can follow them on Twitter as well using their handle at the Pants Page and you can follow me on Twitter as well more links to all my work at Lucky Loads 15 so that's what I've got to say please come responsibly hopefully we can make a podcast next week and uh, yeah we'll be seeing you soon